0: August, the time has finally come. The doors of our new Outdoor Classrooms website have opened, which also includes the new Circle Membership Hub. I'm so excited to start helping all our new members access the resources they need to cultivate and grow an enriching outdoor. Classroom. If you're a teacher, parent, homeschooler, after-school provider, early childhood educator, student, and/or administrator trying to create a successful outdoor classroom, then you are going to want to check this out. So first, I want you to check out our new website. It is gorgeous. You can find it at www.outdoor-classrooms-with-an-s. Dot com. Secondly, I want you to check out on the new website information about our Circle Membership community. We are celebrating the new website with a huge sale, and that's the best news. We're celebrating big. So all this month, we have members from our community that are sharing their reflections and what their experience has been like being a member and how it has helped them with support, with accessing resources, with feeling connected to a community. So we're going to be showcasing those interviews on Thursdays. And if you sign up now for the membership, it's not only then, you not only get the best price of the membership that it will ever be, but you will also be able to access all our resources housed in the Circle Membership Hub. Furthermore, all Circle members get access to the process of creating a successful outdoor classroom one step at a time no matter which stage you are at in the journey simply follow the steps to the plan and create and grow your outdoor classroom with ease I am absolutely thrilled to be sharing the insights and reflections from our members and I hope that that will help you decide if you want to join our ever-growing circle without further ado let's get started Jean Lamino holds a Ph.D. in leadership with an emphasis in environmental education. She has been an educator for over 50 years in the classroom, grade 1 to 8, and as an adjunct professor for a master's degree program in outdoor teacher education. Jean served as executive director of Reflections Writing Arboretum and Nature Center in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And in 2015, she co-founded the Wachuchi School, the first forest kindergarten in the state of Tennessee. It has expanded to four forest school sites in the Chattanooga area, with an enrollment of over 200 students. Jean is also the founder and president of the Forest School Teacher Institute and has trained over 800 forest school teachers from the U.S., Canada, China, Korea, Italy, and South Africa, including... Two months working with teachers at No Boundaries Forest Kindergarten in China. In 2018, she collaborated with Dr. Jion Shin, Vice Chair of the Korean Forest Kindergarten Association, to conduct research concerning character development in. Forest Kindergarten. Jean has been a presenter at conferences in Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia. She was the U.S. featured speaker at the 2019 International Symp- Symposium of Forest Kindergartens in South Korea, and then again virtually in 2021. She also presented virtually for teachers in India and an international symposium in China. Jean's current projects include overseeing Nature Kin Farm and Forest School at the Cab Tree Farms in Chattanooga, forest school teacher training at the number of public schools in the region, and conducting in-person training around the country. Her next training sessions will be in September, Nature Journaling in the California Redwoods, that sounds wonderful, and Forest School Teacher Training in Texas. She is also working on a book to be published before the end of the year. Hello, everybody. We are here with Jean Lamino, who is the founder of the Forest School Teacher
1: Institute. And she has a wonderful, incredible story that I can't wait to share. Welcome, Jean. Thank you, Victoria. It's a pleasure right. to be here. It's, I'm, as you know, I always love to talk about Forest School. Yes. I would love for you to just, just
0: jump right in and share how you got to be the founder of the Forest School Institute.
1: Yeah, no, I'm happy to share. Uh, it's one of those long, long journeys like all of us have experienced. So I as I look back now in my life, I realize <clears throat> that I was always a Forest Schooler. And I think I've always been a four school teacher. And I think that's probably true for most of us. So uh grew up living outside, being outside. That was before screens, before, you know, we were kind of, our lives were stolen yeah. <laughs> by screen time. So my brother and I spent all of our time out of doors. And so that was part of my DNA, for sure. I feel like I've been, uh, like I said, always been in a nature school of some kind. And when I started teaching uh, way back in the 60s, uh, school was a little different then even. We had, uh, in fact, when I, the first years I taught, we had open classrooms. That was the big thing. So the walls came down and teachers were teaming up and children were kind of shifting around from space to space according to what their projects or their topics were. Uh, So I came into that teaching environment already a nature teacher. Interesting. Yeah. Plus the fact that things were kind of opened up and there was more of a team approach. So it fit me perfectly. Unfortunately, as often is the case in education, just a few years later, the walls went back up. And we kind of went right back into our old traditional mode of closed classrooms, everybody in desks. But even during that time. I did not forget what my heart was always telling me, that children learn best outside the walls. And so we did a lot of field trips. I took my children outside on nature walks, and we explored together. So even while I was teaching in a more traditional school, I was already in that mindset. And I knew intuitively, I think like we all do, we all learn best when we're outside without walls around us. So anyway, uh, I spent quite a few years as a classroom teacher. In 2000, I became an adjunct professor for a master's in outdoor education program here in Tennessee, and I also entered a new career as the director of a nature center and an arboretum here in Chattanooga. So that whole story, that's another whole story. (laughs) We (laughs) won't go into that now. But what I think what has happened along this journey is that I've developed kind of a unique perspective because I've seen classroom teaching with nature base uh, in in the classroom. I've seen children come for field trips to a nature center. I've also worked with uh, teachers and outdoor educators in the master's program. So I've had lots of different ways to see how people can incorporate this kind of teaching for children. So I thought I was retiring Victoria in 2000. <laughs> I love this part uh, of the story. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was fine. It you was too fine. much. Yeah. So anyway, um, I, I left the nature center and I thought, well, I'm just going to spend a year now consulting and maybe doing a little writing but in in the back of my mind, that whole year, I kept thinking about forest kindergarten because that's the term that I heard first, and I read a book by Sarah Knight, introduced me to the whole idea of forest kindergarten. So that was always kind of niggling around up there, you know, in my brain. I knew that some somewhere along the line, I was going to have to get my hands in into that movement, and it just happened that my grandson was attending a childcare and uh, the lady who owned it and ran it was on her family farm. And I started talking to her and I said, hey, would you be interested in starting a forest kindergarten here? She did not hesitate. It was like, yes, indeed, let's do it. Ah, oh, the stars were aligned. The stars were aligned. We had the place. We actually had students already because all the children that were in our childcare program, we got permission from their parents because they loved the idea. And of course, Diana and I were going to be the teachers. So everything was in place. And at that point, too, because I'd always been an outdoor educator and a professor in the program, I thought I knew all about outdoor education. I didn't really think I needed to be trained, but just in case I decided I would spend some Mm -hmm. time. So I went to Cedar Song and spent uh, four days with Erin Kinney. Uh, and of course, we all, m- many of us know her book, mm-hmm. uh, Forest Kindergarten: The Cedar Song Way. And of course, she passed away not long ago. So I feel really privileged that I was able mm-hmm. to spend that time with her. But that changed everything because all of a sudden I realized, well, maybe I don't know <laughs> <laughs> all about how to teach children out in the forest. Because when I watched her, I understood the idea of child-led learning. Mm -hmm. And I understood the role of a four-school teacher or guide is someone who's there to facilitate their learning. And that took me completely out of my outdoor educator mode because typically outdoor educators are still in charge of the learning for the most part. I think that's Mm -hmm. changing too. But Mm -hmm. back when I was teaching and when I was in that field, that was still the model. So I came back. Oh, my goodness. I was so inspired and I was so ready to get it going. So we had a pilot program with our little group of children in the child care in April. I trained my first teacher during the pilot program, and she went out and started what we believe is the first public school for kindergarten in the country yeah. at uh, Gilbert Elementary School in Lafayette, Georgia where it was a true forest kindergarten. Those children are still outside two to three hours a day at her school. Uh, And in fact, they've moved up now. I think they're doing forest first grade and maybe higher. I don't know where they are. I haven't talked to them Mm -hmm. recently, but it continues to grow. So anyway, that was the start. And Wahatchee school was born, uh, was established in 2015. And we started out with like 15 children. And over the next few years, we expanded to four locations. So uh, this year, I know they have over 200 uh, students enrolled, and I believe they're up to grade five.
0: That's incredible. Just from an idea, you know.
1: That was it. It it was an idea, but it was was needed. People understood the necessity and the critical uh, timing Mm -hmm. of this kind of education for children. And then we all know what happened during the pandemic. That's when when this whole movement just really took off. And that's when we went online and Forest School Teacher Institute uh, was able to reach many more people that way with our training. And we're still doing that, but now we've added some in-person trainings as well.
0: So how how did that come to be? How did you come to realize that you wanted to found the Forest School Teacher Institute?
1: Well... It really just came from what I was already doing. Right. From the very beginning, like I said, that very first pilot program in 2015, I started training teachers and I did it all in person, Mm -hmm. which was wonderful, of course.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It was lovely. Uh, It was much smaller number because they had to come to me. There was an expense involved there, traveling and lodging, all of that. Uh, And then the pandemic just uh, opened up this opportunity. Uh, to expand what we were doing yeah so that was the reason I wanted well Hatchie school was my dream I was able to get the school started but then the dream expanded to okay now we got to have a lot more of these mm-hmm. and the good way to do that is to train people to not only teach but also to create these schools yeah so yeah and it keeps going <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, it's incre- just,
0: it is that ripple effect. It's that, oh, that, yeah. that, you know, starting and then really inspiring as many educators as we can. And then in turn, they inspire as many children. And then the children inspire their families. And hopefully yes. we are all eating and
1: breathing the movement together. True. And my, my current focus is definitely uh, working with public schools. Uh, yes. Tell me a little bit more about that. Why? I
0: mean, I, I know why, but it's,
1: uh, yeah. Where Where did that shift come? And and in... well, actually, that first year when I uh, began uh, Wahatchee School, I as I said, I worked with Gilbert Elementary School, which was a public school, and then also that following year, a number of teachers from Chattanooga Public Schools joined training. I had also invited principals. I invited mm-hmm. county officials. I invited university professors, foundation people, everyone that I thought would be able to catch this vision. And now I you were,
0: were you inviting? Sorry, were you inviting no. them to uh, a training? Were you no, or just a conversation?
1: I'm sorry. Yes, I wanted to, them to see it in action. Mm -hmm. So I invited them to come to the school site and to watch the children out Ah. in the forest. And, you know, we can talk about it. We can show videos. You can see pictures. But to me, it's actually being there is the greatest inspiration of all. So that's how it got really started with with the public schools was during that first couple of years when I was inviting a lot of public school officials to come in and take a look at it see what what it was all about, yeah, so I think right now in Chattanooga, I wish I had an exact number, but I think it's around five at least five public schools now have forest kindergartens. I know one of them is even into fourth second grade, so it's catching on here, yeah, it, it's taken a while, but I feel like this is an opportunity for our city to shine. Chattanooga's known as the outdoor city. Yeah. So I my premise is, well, then we should also be the training center for people who want to to teach in the outdoors or bring children into the outdoors. That's beautiful. I feel good about it.
0: Has it been difficult to work with the public school? Because I it's I've found that it's it's they are that. Teachers and educators are so strapped for meeting the standards and all the requirements, and that this sort of outdoor classroom always feels like oh, it's just another thing that they're making me do yeah. as opposed to making it a part of their curriculum and
1: yeah well i mean it's it's going to always be a challenge, I think, because anytime we try to change the status quo, um we're going to run into resistance and it's 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 well founded it's not mm-hmm. it's not a a negative thing. I have to look at it as trying to put myself in their place and trying to help them see what the children gain from these experiences. And once they're convinced, it doesn't take long then for them. And by them, I'm talking about teachers, parents, and administrators, and the supervisors above the administrators. All of them at some point have to buy in. Right. And I'm seeing it happen from the bottom up and the top down both ways. So sometimes it's the teachers. In fact, most often it's the teachers who are inspired and and really want to do something different. And then the principals, either they already know about it or the teachers try to involve them in the discussion. And then once they're on board, as long as they have a little bit of freedom as far as what their county standards are, then they can usually move ahead with this. We're working now with uh, a county in Florida, in fact, in, in Tallahassee, mm-hmm. being, hoping that they will also catch the vision there. The, in, the superintendent has shown an interest, superintendent of the schools in that county. It happens in many ways, but I, I really feel like it's going to take both. It's going to take the the families and the teachers and then the top-down administration uh to make this really happen in a big way because right now it's it's happening but it's just not very fast yeah yeah not very fast yeah and and what i was going to say too what i would try to tell the teachers is you know you don't have to think of this as replacing what you're doing this is just another way to engage the children Mm -hmm. to give them context for learning and we talk about the the programs that are in public schools we call them hybrids Mm -hmm. Because basically it's half time outside, half time inside. So they're still able to do the, the specials that they, you know, are uh, scheduled for during the week and cover the topics and even better. And you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about, that children who are allowed to uh, explore and identify their interests uh, are the ones that are going to learn the most if teachers are able to observe that And help them by enriching and extending what they're already learning. And standards are general enough that the topic itself doesn't usually have to be in a line with some, you know, with a textbook or whatever. Mm -hmm. That is, those general found that the principles that are usually incorporated in the standards. And we all know that you can reach those in many different ways. But nature just provides everything. <laughs> yeah. It's a, and what if their school campuses don't have a lot of nature?
0: What happens then? And then do you find there's a difference between, it, say, an outdoor
1: classroom philosophy or approach versus a forest school? Mm, that's a great question, Victoria. Yeah, and that is a challenge for a lot of schools because they may have a lot of space, but it's, it's either in sports fields or blacktop. So what I've been trying to to help public schools understand is you don't have to have a big space mm-hmm. and you can you can adjust what you have or you can add to what you have to create these spaces. So if you have one big, beautiful tree, if you have a nice big patch of grass, that's enough to start with because mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. We know that, you know, it doesn't have to be a big, beautiful forest. So learning to use what you have, learning to, to change it in whatever way you can to add things to it, loose parts, logs, plant a, a garden box. I mean, all of these things uh, are simple and inexpensive and easy ways to get something started in a school. We have a brand new school here in the Chattanooga area that was, it's actually three schools combined into one. So it's this gigantic building. I think they have a thousand children K to five in that one building and really no outdoor space. They've got feet, ball fields, but yeah. that's it. And so I've worked with a teacher who came through the training, who's who was at that school and just brainstormed. What can we do here? And she came up with some great ideas, all simple. She's she involved the, the landscaper for the county schools came in and she shared with him Uh, We brought in some folks from the Arboretum here, Reflection Writing Mm. Arboretum and Nature Center, and they also uh, provided some uh, ideas. And I believe they're going to be working together this coming year to actually create this space at that school, which is exciting.
0: And it's such a great example of that we can and need to reach out to our communities, the partners, and partner up and talk to each other and some folks may have expertise in a certain area. So bring them in and exactly. just start that conversation. It seems like you are really modeling that and also encouraging other educators to do the same in their communities all over the world. I've Absolutely. Absolutely. heard you've done some incredible work, although internationally.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I've had some, I've had some amazing opportunities and I feel very, very privileged to have been able to spend a couple of months in Guangzhou, China, ah. uh, at a forest school. That's so, <laughs> probably maybe the only forest school in that 18 million population city. I mean, a huge, huge city, but they, they actually, a company decided they were going to create this, uh, learning opportunity. So they uh, partnered with a chicken farmer in the middle of the city and rented 300 acres on this chicken farm (laughs) for a forest school. And it was amazing. It was really amazing. And, uh, yeah, so that was having perspective uh, of what it looks like in other places has really enlarged my my view and enlarged my perspective and also inspired me and made me Ah. passionate to know that, children are the same everywhere in the world yeah. the they play the same games they have the same needs and they gain the same benefits from time outside so yeah it's it's been it's been a real it's been a boost not only again and in inspiring me but also giving me more context for when i train people because mm-hmm. i've been able to see it in different places so it really does make a difference
0: yeah, I just it's and you I feel like you have this sort of special uh magnet magnetism that I think is fantastic. And I is there like a do you just continue to get inspired by other people and that continues to fuel you? Where where yeah. do you find your your inspiration? I mean I, you were gonna retire, but then you've got <laughs> these sort of ideas in the back of your mind. Where do you think that all comes? Or maybe it just comes what you were
1: saying in the beginning and it's part of your DNA. Well, for sure, it's part of my DNA, but all of us need to be have fuel. To yeah, keep going. yeah. So, what and would you recommend? Well, definitely, it's working with other people. Yeah, I mean, you know, with our training program, and we, you, you are, you're very aware of this too. But people from every background, possible, every career, every uh, culture, philosophy, worldview, working together. And that's what really brings me so much joy. And it's so exciting because we have all of these folks who have this same strong belief and it comes from the heart. It's a passion. Uh, And and so we work together. That's the way our trainings are set up. And and it's just it's powerful. And then they can go back into their communities and do the same thing. So it is definitely the ripple effect. And that's that's what gives me energy is to see that it's continuing to grow and it's moving. And it's. I was worried, as many of us were after things went back to normal, kind of after the pandemic, right. that this interest would start falling away. But we're just seeing that it's increasing more every day. It's not, it's not diminishing by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it is, too, because parents now, that they've had an opportunity to see their children learning in a different environment, I think they realized that maybe what we're trying to provide in our traditional school system is not meeting their needs, and mm-hmm. they saw i think a lot of them saw the joy uh that their children experienced, particularly when they were outdoors in nature and you know you asked me about the classroom, the outdoor classroom, and a forest school mm-hmm. and i think it it's not really the site. it's the it's the it's the philosophy so mm-hmm an outdoor classroom whether it's just a picnic table with a shelter but it's outside or whether it's 50 acres of a virgin forest somewhere it's how children learn and it's how teachers teach that's what makes any kind of difference at all in their learning so i think you know and and as an outdoor educator myself and working with them for so long you know a lot of the, a lot of us thought well children can take their schoolwork, and sit outside and do it. And yes, that's a benefit. (laughs) They're getting fresh air. They're getting sunshine. They're getting those benefits. But that's very different from allowing children to be explorers. Mm -hmm. That's what forest school philosophy is all about, again, that children are out there. And we are coming along as teachers to be co-learners with them and sharing their curiosity, sharing their sense of wonder questions that you know inquiry based we're asking questions along with them so it it changes that di- dynamic in such a mm. significant way between the child and the teacher uh it it brings the joy back and i've had a number of public school teachers who have been introduced to forest school and have started it in their own schools they tell me i was ready to quit i i was i was stressed out i was burned out until forest school came along, it brought the joy back. Yeah, And the joy is the fact that we don't have to stand over the children constantly encouraging them to get their work done and to finish this worksheet or this assignment before they go to the next one. Instead, we're out there actively learning with them and sharing their joy and their curiosity and what they're learning. So it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing. That's,
0: that's brilliant. I think it's brilliant to really see the the philosophy of how you how the material or how this how the space or the outdoor I mean you don't necessarily have to be in the deep dark forest for it to be a forest school. That can still be a, an outdoor classroom depending on how you present and approach yeah. and teach the cho- or the way that the education's being yeah. uh, delivered to the children. That's that's fascinating.
1: So yeah, I mean nature is the classroom. Yeah. That's the easiest way to say it. Nature's mm-hmm. the
0: class. Yeah.
1: In whatever form it happens to be. Yeah. That's the classroom. So you have a lot of uh, courses and programs
0: that you're offering through your uh, Forest School Teacher Institute. Right. And I see that they are, they have certification and they're endorsed by a local college. Is that how that's that right. works? Can <clears> you <throat> share a little bit about that? Yes, I'm
1: happy to. Yes, as teachers complete a, a course of study, so there's the introduction, which is just a, a really basic three-day, our course, and then there's the teacher course, and then the director course, and we just they just roll one after another, uh, pretty much every month. It's not always every month, but but many times during during a year, uh, and so there are assignments. <clears throat> we meet together in live Zoom sessions. So it's like being in a class, of course. Mm-hmm. And then once everything is completed, they've done the work, then they receive a certificate of completion. And it is from the Forest School Teacher Institute, but it's also endorsed. Right now, we are endorsed by our local university here in Chattanooga, well, one of them, which is the Se- Seventh-day Adventist University. It's Southern Adventist University. Uh, however, when I do in-person trainings, for instance, uh, last March and also this coming March, We'll be doing an in-person teacher course of study uh, in Jonesboro, Tennessee, and we're wow. partnering with East Tennessee State University. So their endorsement will be on that certificate because they are the university that we're working with. And this is, works out wonderfully for me because then I become adjunct faculty for various universities, and uh, it, it's a great partnership. So East Tennessee University, just to put a plug in for them, <laughs> they, um, they have a, a master's, a, an undergrad, a master's, and a doctorate available in early childhood education, and they're very much Reggio Emilia-based, so it's a perfect fit. Wow. So we teach these together, um, and that way um, they're able to incorporate some of their uh, Reggio terminology and assessments and uh, strategies. Um, This summer, or actually this fall in September, um, I'm going to be doing an in-person teacher training near San Antonio. It's Rio Medina, Texas. And this is going to be the first time we're offering uh, an additional certificate, which will be in four school strategies for emotional health. And we are partnering with the nursing department and I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the university, but it's one of the universities in Texas um, to uh, provide this extra special training. And then there will be a dual certificate for participation in that particular session. Wow. Yeah. So, so do they
0: get college credit? Is that?
1: Well, it, it not for, not for the Texas training. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in Tennessee, with East, T- East Tennessee State University, um, students can enroll as uh, in in the university, and they would get uh, graduate credit for it. Right. If they just come, they can also enroll through Four School Teacher Institute, and that is not for credit. Mm-hmm. It is for the certificate of completion. Perfect. So, yeah, it works really well, and, and I love being able to partner with our local universities because, again— that's another way mm-hmm. to get this philosophy into our into our uh, schools is to make sure that these teachers that are training to be teachers also understand what forest school philosophy is or nature-based learning. You know, I keep saying forest school philosophy because that's just the term that, that I started with. Mm-hmm. But nature-based learning certainly is much more inclusive and I think is maybe more understandable for mm-hmm. people especially if you live on the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> Can't call you school a four school, really. So we have quite a few schools uh, in Florida, you know, that are definitely based on uh, doing a lot of, a uh, lot of their sessions are on the, on the, uh, the beach. So, yeah. So they, they don't call themselves forest schools, although they may say we, we adhere to the four school philosophy.
0: Oh, uh, Yes.
1: And that's, that's, and I
0: cannot agree. If anyone is listening, I am nodding my head profusely, <laughs> saying it's so important to have these young teachers, or however old they are, coming out of these teacher training programs, having had the education, the terminology, the understanding of of it all uh, before they go into their classroom, and just it just breaks down so many more barriers. And then then to then have all the schools set up in such a way that you have you know like you were saying the top down and also from the bottom up that they are um providing outdoor spaces where teachers can go sort of easily it just becomes the norm that's just the way education is and i think that it is i speak a lot about how, you know changing the face of how we deliver education to children one outdoor classroom at a time or even one for a school at a time but it's just so incredible to just have that knowledge of of the differences of what they are and so teachers can pick and choose and add and
1: design their own yeah, exactly practice. And if, you don't, if you don't know about it, you can't use it. Right. So these pre-service teachers, even if they just have a introduction course, so at least it's it's up there. And then as they move forward, they may start thinking, well yeah I could do this and I can do this. And little by little, taking baby steps, they can create their own uh nature-based program in their in their own school. I've had a number of public school teachers from various places in the country who want to do this, but like they're by themselves. They don't have yeah. that. no but other teachers want to do it. The principal's not that interested. And so I tell them, just do the what you can do there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But but to bring awareness to it, make it Upfront, So in other words, have a little display in the lobby of your school. These are what the children found, these things the children found in the forest this week. Or these are examples of some of their journaling that they did outside or some artwork from being out in nature. So just, just try to bring attention to what they're doing in a, in a very non-invasive way. So that not only do the teachers get to see that, and they might start being inspired, but parents that walk into the building, mm-hmm. other teachers that come from it's, other, school, it's yeah, it's just it's that, starting that. It's starting that ripple. <laughs> it's starting the ripple, and a, and a lot of schools I've seen quite a few so far that start with something as simple as a Forest Friday. Yeah, and that's kind of a familiar term to us all now. But that's where a whole school is involved. Yeah, Maybe it's just one one Friday a month, but it's it's a step. It's a step in the right direction for sure.
0: Ah, oh, it's incredible. That's incredible. So you've done research on character development in forest kindergartens. You've done so much. Is there uh, anything else you'd like to share with our community?
1: Well, I think what I another another I think really important task that all of us have who are in this movement is to gather the data. Mm-hmm. Gather the data. You may not want to write a research study, but there's somebody out there who is doing research. So collect data at your school every year. Um, I have a, a pre and post parent questionnaire that I developed with Dr. Jian Shen, and she's the other professor that I worked with to do our research in character strength development. Um, and it can be adapted for any school. It's just basic questions about what your child, uh, what kinds of skills they have out of doors, attitudes, uh, all the connections, and then that's we give it at the beginning of the school year, and then the same thing at the end of the school year. And there you've got to study right there. Yeah. It's, it doesn't take long at all. It's just a very fast. I have a little Likert scale, so they just circle one, two, three, or five, four, five, And um, then we can actually, that's, that's quantitative data that can be analyzed. So I encourage that. That's one thing I'm not doing enough of it, but I want to do more research and I, and I encourage others to consider that, even if it's a very small study, it's significant because we live in a country where people want to see the numbers and I get it. They want to see the numbers. So that's what we need to be able to present. Is here are the numbers. This is what we're seeing. A lot of just qualitative kinds of studies work as well. Just interviews and interviews with teachers who are doing forest school. Interviews with principals who are doing forest school. Just to gather that kind of data too is really important. Um, I'm writing a book, Victoria. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I have- the more I say it, the more I have to finish it. So I'm making Wait. myself accountable here.
0: Absolutely. What's your book?
1: Well, it's, it's kind of, a, it's, it's a little bit about my journey, but I'm, I'm telling it uh, as a way of illustrating how the things that I've observed children doing in forest school are the very kinds of activities and attitudes that I need to regain. Mm. You know, because as adults we forget a lot about what it was like to be a child, especially in nature, and so we've we've forgotten all the curiosity we had. We've for, we've forgotten a lot of the our imaginations. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're losing all of that. We've become so linear in our thinking that creatively we need to get back to where we were as a child. Mm. And, and what I especially love about children is that they are especially really young children are so connected to nature they don't think about it as being something else it's part of them it's where they are they talk to the plants and they talk to the animals and they have that connection that as we as we grow older we just it just falls away so i'm the my book is is based on the premise that to live really fully and joyfully we need to remember what it was like to be a child. Ah, uh, do you have a title? Not yet. Not uh, Yet. No. Percolating. <laughs> it takes a while. I've been I've been wanting to write a book for years and years. So finally, I just said, okay, this it's time. <laughs> yeah,
0: I love how again you are such a wonderful example of percolating ideas that you have brought to fruition, and I think that is a wonderful message to send all our listeners in the community and that don't not do it, just go for it. And it doesn't need to be done perfectly. And it, and to just go for it, because look, look at these little seeds of inspiration that you had and and you're, you're now in spearheading this
1: incredible movement. So it's, well, I, I can't take credit for it. Honestly, it's just, it's all of us together working as we are. And I think we all are a part of this movement. Oh, we are. And I think think even those of us that don't realize it for a long time, like I said, when I look back on my life and look back on my childhood and my early years as a teacher, I know that I I knew all of this. In fact, when we talk about forest school, I say, this is nothing new, everybody. Yeah. This is the oldest way we've always learned throughout history. We've always been yeah. outside in nature. That's the way it happened. So but the pendulum <laughs> has gone so far, right? scary far, in front of
0: the screens and whatnot, that we actually have to find ways to bring it back. And I'm just hoping and praying that, that, our, that we are, as a whole, movement together, that we can help bring that pendulum together, because I agree we can't necessarily do it alone. I think you are an incredible example of how to reach out to to your support networks, to the schools, your local schools, so finding ways that we can get to work together, and I uh, i'm honored to have had our paths crossed so we can oh, uh,
1: too victoria i 'm so grateful for what, what all you what you 've done and what you 're doing now these podcasts just the podcast to help spread the word uh, another really important way to get the word out uh, and, yeah,
0: I just find there's so many incredible stories out there, and why not have a platform where we can showcase them and
1: yeah, and my greatest appeal is that. All of our organizations, these various training organizations, schools, all of us, we really need to unite. We really, really working as a team because we all believe so passionately in what we do and we understand how critical this is. It's not just a fun little neat thing, you know, it's it's critical for the the welfare and and the future of our children and our Earth. It's just absolutely critical. This is not something we can just say, well, yeah, it's okay. It's it's nice, but no, it's, it has to happen. Absolutely. And the only way we can make it happen is by joining forces and working together and doing all we can to get the word out. So I, I, you're doing that Victoria. So thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. That's wonderful. Any final words you want to share with our community? Uh, I think what you said just a minute ago is kind of my motto: just do it. Yeah, you know, I steal it from Nike. I'm sorry, I can't because <laughs> it works so well. <laughs> because you know, there are people who really love this idea and they, they, they would love to do it, but they just, ooh, I just don't know if I can. And so, part of what what I try to do in our training is to build confidence. You have, the, you have the strength to do it. You have the initiative. You have the passion. Just do it. Just do it. It's start just, out and start out small and let it grow because it will. Yeah. That's the other message. It's going to grow. We can't stop it. It's Nobody yeah. can stop it because I think now it's, it's gained a foothold in the, in the minds and the hearts of so many people that I don't think there's any way that somebody's going to come along and say, no, this is not going to happen
0: it has to i mean there's there's no other it's a
1: force it's a force of nature it is (laughs) (laughs) well thank
0: you again for your time
1: oh it's been my pleasure victoria anytime
0: Thank you for joining us here at the Outdoor Classrooms podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with anybody who you think would enjoy it and follow us on Instagram. We'd love to continue the conversation. If you want to continue the conversation even deeper, please join us in the Circle community. The purpose of the Circle is to support, guide, and push you as you continually grow and sustain your outdoor classroom by providing the tools to help you set the right goals, then actually follow through in achieving those goals with the support of our amazing community. Each month, 24-7, you get guidance and support from myself. You get to begin your journey with our new member roadmap. You get access to our outdoor teaching boot camp. You get to interact and learn from guest experts who are on our podcast. They come into our membership and join us to continue the conversation. You get to connect and collaborate during two live sessions a month. You get access to all our online workshops and masterclasses. You get get to dig deeper with our membership missions each month. And you get to become an ambassador of joy for children. I hope you can join us at Outdoor Classroom. I will share the link in the show notes and we'll see you later. Come join us.